The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. We're gathered here today to bury the idea that dating in New York City is dead. To say goodbye to the people that think NYC is past its prime. We live in this city. We can confirm it is still the hottest place on the planet. It's a city full of models and actresses, influencers and artists, and that's just Times Square. Hooking up in New York is the big league, the mecca of dating. There's a reason more prominent rom-coms and dating TV shows are based here than anywhere else. Every kind of love gets a show in NYC. Sex in the City for rich love, How I Met Your Mother for destined love, the show You for getting stalked by the love of your life love. It's where Ross met Rachel. He's her lobster. Where Sally faked an orgasm in front of Harry. I'll have what she's having. And where Chris Rock and Rosario Dawson fell in love in top five which I think I'm the only one who saw. I do not know that one, Drexton. Of course you don't, Aton. And let's remember that in 2012, this city's dating scene went into hyperdrive when Tinder was introduced into New York's hookup DNA. And Tinder led to Bumble. Which led to Coffee Meets Bagel. Which led to Grinder, And Hen, And J-Swipe. And Fields. And The League. And Zeus. And Facebook dating. And Raya. It was the golden age of no strings attached hookups, but also the golden age for super strings attached hookups, if you wanted it. And yes, it has been a rough 2020. Coronavirus happened and the city was forced to re-examine dating and hookup culture. New Yorkers are finding out in real time how to date in a world where certain health departments are asking people to wear a mask during sex. And New Yorkers are still sort of thriving. On this episode of NYC is Dead, dating. I'm Aton Levine. I'm a comedian and writer who has been featured in the New York Times and I've avoided jury duty for five years running. I'm Jackson Clemens. I'm a comedian and writer from Atlanta living in New York City. I work with BuzzFeed News and I only go to Staten Island if I'm driving through it. This is NYC is Dead, a podcast focused on proving how alive this city actually is. Every week we speak with New Yorkers that have direct influence and insight into the industries that this city is famous for and hear how it's changed in the wake of 2020. At the end of each episode, we'll get a little closer to answering the question, is NYC dead? We took it to the streets of Manhattan to see how New Yorkers are handling dating in the pandemic. This is Stan. Uh, have you been going on dates now? No, no, why not? Uh, I got fired in December. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Corona? Did the related? company shut down because no. of Corona? No, <laughs> no, uh, just a series of misfortunate events. I just don't feel confident enough to approach anybody. It's just a confidence thing. I don't feel like I have anything to bring to the table right now. I do put a lot of value in, in, in working and providing. That's just my personal bullshit. Do you think that a lot of people are kind of going through that now because they're, you know, we're at like a 10% unemployment rate or something like that right now. Do you think a lot of Americans are going through that? I wouldn't surprise me. I don't think anybody talks about it though. Cause you don't hear about that. You hear about like, you know, people being upset about being unemployed and things like that. But you also like, there's like this anxiety that you can, you can feel it, but nobody's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, he touches on something that I think that so many people are going through. I personally, there were times during the pandemic when, you know, I was less employed than before where I didn't date. I felt like mm -hmm. it really feels like a, what do I have to offer to this yeah. other person? Yeah. And there's embarrassment. It is embarrassing. I was unemployed for, or really underemployed before the pandemic. And I was trying to have relationships and those were very, very stressful because again, yeah, you're right. You're right. You, what do you offer? You feel like you can't offer anything. Like I was full on 
I don't know if I can say this on podcast, but like scamming Dos Toros because they, they were cashless. And if you bring cash in, there's like this weird loop where like they can't not accept your cash, but they can't take it. So they would just give me the food. And then like that was how I was eating for like weeks at a time. It's just nothing but Dos Toros because I didn't have money. So then it was like, how can I take somebody on a date? How can I like do anything for anyone? What do I offer to a relationship? So I just wasn't dating or dating well before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, because of the unemployment insurance that kind of came in, that's been the saving grace before I got like another job. But like, that was the thing that like made me go, oh, I can date or I can like hook up with someone because I can financially support them. But I mean, with dating in New York, it's not always about like dating, dating and like seriously dating. And we talked to a lot of people that were casually just hooking up and how that kind of plays into living in the city during a pandemic. Uh, we talked to Dan, who's in his 20s and a member of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, I've been dating. A well, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was already in a relationship since like last September. And then in like May, it ended. And then I started to like be single intentionally. But like I was still dating, like I would still like hook up or something with people and it helped me like get over that relationship. The only difference is like I couldn't do what I did before, like going into a restaurant or something. OK, know? so physically you were dating the same way before Corona and after Corona. Yeah, with, with the person. Yeah. Were you worried about catching Corona by hooking up with these people? In the back of my head, but I was more horny. <laughs> Dig into that. Get yeah. more. I was just like, I don't know, like... I wanted to get laid more than Corona. I was more scared of something like HIV than Corona, which I think people should be to a degree. You know, that's a pandemic too. Well, that's the entire conversation is horny versus COVID. Right, 100%. What do you think wins for you, horny or COVID? And that's what everyone has been asking themselves since March 11th. <laughs> and the answers changed per week, per day, per person. And, you know, it's a thing that we all are currently trying to deal with. When did it break for you? When did horniness beat COVID for you? Oh my God. You know, it's actually funny. I hooked up with a girl early on and then I swear, I'm not saying this because the next day my grandmother got COVID. Oh, damn. It was I, like, I hooked, yeah, I hooked up with this girl that, because it was in the beginning where it was like, something was like kind of shutting. It was like unclear exactly what was happening in the beginning of March. And honestly, it was a time when we were all getting our information from Cuomo press conferences and he was kind of stringing the information together and the information output from the federal government was confusing the local government's answer. So there was like a while when it was unclear, you know, what exactly you could and couldn't do. And I did go over to someone's apartment and, and hook up with someone new who I not met before. And I did feel some guilt. What about you? Uh, okay. So the city shut down March 11th, March 12th is when I gave up. I was just like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't, no. Um, you made it to lunch. I made it to lunch. I was like, I just hope I don't get this. No, I, I waited a good month. I like ate a lot of food, gained a lot of weight watched a lot of Tiger King. And then I was like, I'm out of options. I need to, <laughs> to do something. And, and this was around the time that summertime was starting to kick in. So it was getting yeah. a little bit warmer. You know, you're outside a little bit more. So I started like taking long walks and meeting people. And, you know, I was very safe, had a mask and everything like that. But after a while, I was just like, all right, I'm going to be safe about this, but I am horny. So let's make this happen. The reality in the city during the summer was way different than the reality during March and April. I think that, or I guess March, April, and May, mm -hmm. I think people were definitely still in their quarantined, like very closed off world. I think by the summer, June, July, August is when people sort of like started to open up 
the COVID rates were low, mm-hmm. were like under 1%. The COVID was low and the fun was high. So fun was high. Speaking of fucking. Yeah. Remember when we were interviewing Dan and this person walked by and started laughing and then we asked him why and he said he had just had sex. So then we just started interviewing him. Are you hooking up during the pandemic? Absolutely, I just fucked. You're ju- wait, you just yeah. fucked? Absolutely. Right now. Like an hour ago. Come here, can we talk to you for a second? Oh my God. You just had sex right now. Yes, absolutely. To, uh, not like, I mean, obviously but like, close, but Just like, a little while ago. This afternoon, yeah, early this afternoon. Yeah. How, how was that? Explain that to me. It's fun. But wait. The person took a call in the middle and said, I'm quarantining to someone at work. Oh, that lie. Yeah, which is, that tells you where things are at right now. Has sex so. changed for you during the pandemic? I've tried for it not to change, but it should, definitely people are like, use COVID as an excuse for any kind of shadiness or ghostery. So it, to me, it's just a catch-all excuse for any time you don't want intimacy or or just want to leave. You can just be like, COVID or, or like, ah, quarantining. Like this, you know, this person avoided work, but I sense that people use it to be avoidant without really having any real reason to be. Are you afraid of COVID? No. Have you gotten it? Probably, yeah, but I, I got really sick early last winter, like late last winter, before there was testing or anything, so. But I, I also wouldn't be afraid, given my age group and my overall health, and it's just, I think if people like me are afraid, then who's gonna have the energy to do anything? Do you think that other people are making the decision that they're okay with hooking up with people based on the fact that they're younger, you know, they're not in a yeah. risk category? I think they should, and I think they should. I think it's fair to say, like, I'm not in a risk category, and like, there are other, like isolation is a huge risk and like physical isolation is causes damage, people people suffer. And I think you have every right to say like, this is a, a small, very small calculated risk and it's it's just for my holistic health, I need to have connection with people. Is it harder to find people to have sex with now that Corona's happening? What do you think? I mean, I think right. yes, but we, we have sex in different circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit harder for sure. On the other hand, there's like, it's more binary. It's like, I can't, again, quantify this, but I have this, my sense is that people are like, no, 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 actually, I really need sex. Like, no, 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 I'm not seeing anyone actually come over at 3 p.m. It's like become much more transactional and bipolar to me. So do you think horniness outweighs the fear of COVID? Absolutely. And I think people are not, these two parts of their brain are not communicating with each other. So I think it's just like, no, 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 Oh, I'm, yes, please. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt that and I'm sure you guys have too, so. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I, yeah, yeah. for sure. There were times over like, especially the summer when like the COVID was low and the fun <laughs> was high. Like yeah. I, over the summer, there were definitely times where I was like, I'm not hooking up with people, I'm not gonna hook up with people. And then like, there would be a week where there would be three. Yeah. But like, it just, it wasn't like my regular, you know. It did feel like a new era. And I can't, I can't, I can't quantify it or qualify it even, but it felt, I don't know. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's maybe the equivalent of going on a diet or trying to not drink where you're like, oh, I'm not gonna have a drink. And then you wake up and you're like, I had four drinks last night. That's, that's sort of how it felt this summer. Uh, have you ever gotten a nasal swab to have sex with someone? No, absolutely not. I would lie. I believe in lying. I don't think your, your body is your own prerogative and uh, I just don't want to be tracked or, I would say anyone who feels that they need that shouldn't be meeting me or anyone else. Like if I, my, that's my philosophy. It's any, any kind of in-person meeting. I'm like, if you think, you know, this is going to save you from death, we shouldn't meet. So So you're, you're anti-masks. I mean, people have the right to wear them. I don't believe that, you know, viruses don't pass through pieces of cloth personally. And I think that was what science told us until 2019. And then all of a sudden, but, but that's a whole nother conversation. But generally if so, but very pro fuck. Yes, yes, that's me, George. <laughs> and I think a lot of people secretly agree with me, but just wouldn't say. Oh, this guy. <laughs>
First of all, I got to say, uh, you can buy the COVID is low, the fun was high t-shirts um, <laughs> <laughs> on my Zazzle. Zazzle. <laughs> this guy is, I'd say, the polar opposite of the answers that I thought that we would be getting. I think that there's there was a trend for me where people were a lot more liberal with hooking up than I thought they would be. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think there's also he he mentions that whole like mental health thing. I think that some of the mental health argument, yes, and I I think that some people and maybe I get canceled or whatever for this. I think some people are using mental health as an excuse to fuck, and I think that can't be denied. I would never kink shame anyone. I'm not a kink shame person. I'll say that publicly. I will smug shame someone. And this guy was smug as fuck. So smug. So smug. Like, he looked like a Slytherin. Yep. Like, he had the, the scarf, the outfit. It was winter, but he it seemed like he's a boat shoes guy. He's definitely a boat shoes guy. His parents have several boats. But he'll always say, I'm not rich. My family is. He's that yep. kind of guy. I hated him as a person. But... You could also tell he was a TA by how he was making the point of wanting to fuck. Oh, such strong TA who fucks the students energy oh, yeah. off that guy. Oh, yeah. I, I would never tie anti-masking to fucking. I will tie horniness to fucking. He does make a good point in that if you are the kind of person that is getting COVID swabs or requesting COVID swabs from people in order to hook up, you really do have to question whether it is worth hooking up. But I also think that the part of the equation that he misses is that he's just looking to fuck. And yeah. the people who are asking for COVID negative swabs are probably dating for a little bit of a different reason. Yeah, 100%. I think the people who are asking are definitely looking to date. And he was a bit much to me, but I do understand where he's coming from. We went to Washington Square Park to talk to a bunch of college kids about dating and hookup culture. Or rent, have you hooked up in a hotel, in a telly situation? Yes. <laughs> Walk me through it. Yeah. It's really not that deep. It's just like, you know somebody if you're like wanting to chill, you know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, like I'm good. I'm a cop of telly. Like I will chill. Like you, you go, you fucking hang out. There's fucking like TV, fucking watch anime or some shit. Watch a show. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Yeah. Netflix and chill just in a hotel. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's my question though. Like logistically, I'm going to make this as unfun as possible. I guess. Uh, logistically is it like someone will text you like I copped a telly. No, no, no. You got to no. get the people ahead of time. Yeah, you got to get the people ahead person, of time. You got to get people on board. If you don't got the person and you just got the telly, then you're yeah. like, fuck. Then you're just there by yourself and that's not too exciting. You know what's really funny about NYU students figuring out how to buy a hotel room for a night is that people have been just doing this for years well before the pandemic and this is like a very new thing for Gen Z years. Yeah, there's a prostitution thing for you. Like pay by the hour hotels have been a thing you know, specifically in the southern part of Manhattan for years now. Mm -hmm. But the thing that is uh, really funny to me is how cheap hotels are and how expensive they think they are, right? Like they were like, oh, it's like $100 a night on like the high end. I was like, that is the cheapest hotel yeah, they I've were, ever found in New York. They were like college kids and that they were like, we, we, we want to hook up, but we want to go somewhere nice, you know, somewhere real nice, somewhere easily $100 a night. <laughs> 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 like they were oh. super excited to like get in the days in on 14th street <laughs> like Versailles. Like, yo, look I, I can get you into a hotel it's right by the airport though so we're gonna have to spend a lot of money and travel first but it's only a hundred dollars a night so i i do also like the the fact that i will say while we were interviewing them there mm -hmm. was a while where i didn't know what they were saying because they kept on saying capitelli capitelli and it, it took me a while to figure out that they meant Kappa hotel. And I think that that speaks to just 
I one how I'm not cool with kids, but also it was, they were so casual and cool as a group. Yeah, they were the coolest group ever. It was a group of Zendayas. What do you think was your biggest takeaway from the interview with those kids? I don't want to call them kids because they're full grown adults, but also anyone younger than me at this point, I, I call a child. <laughs> the biggest takeaway is that they were very much people, if that makes sense, where this girl came up to us, she was wearing clown makeup, and then she said the most profound thing about the opioid addiction I'd heard in months. Yeah. So as much as uh, the kids look wild, uh, there are a lot deeper souls living. You know, I will stop you there. Yeah. I think you misgendered the person with the clown makeup one because they identified as non-binary and they were talking about how they were having a, a hard time dating and being on dating apps because of being non-binary, but being female passing. Roll the clip. <laughs> how are people meeting people right now, especially like Gen Z? Social Tinder. media. Bumble. Tinder. Well, people don't Instagram. use Bumble, but Instagram. Oh, wait, people don't use Bumble? Why not? not yeah. Fuck not. Bumble, bro. They misgendered the fuck out of me. Can I stop using Bumble? No, I think, oh, no. how old are you? You like it, go good right. for you. Yeah, it's no, like... I, think, I think Gen Z doesn't if use Bumble. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Wait, so why, why is Gen Z not using Bumble? Bumble? I feel like they just never, like, because the women I, I have like their message first and I don't like yeah. message I, first. I said, like, they were like, oh, what's your gender? I said, I am non-binary. I prefer genderless, but like non-binary, whatever. So they were like, okay, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, click, click, click. Because you're a girl, you need a text. For I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I oh, just... that's that's so interesting. Yeah. Non-binary people are in a weird position with Bumble because they don't know if they can text like, I don't know. Where, like, it's just like, well, one, I get anxiety with that shit. So I already kind of knew it wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to try it out for a bit. But like, yo. I think that an interesting part about that conversation is that it's such a wild blind spot that Bumble has in not making the app easier to use for people that are non-binary, especially in an, in an age where there are companies take such huge precautions to make, I don't know, to just make life easier for people that are non-binary. And Bumble definitely prides itself on being a very progressive company. That is a very interesting to hear that they did not have a more seamless way to address uh, people that are non-binary that are on their app. It is true. I also think that like most apps aren't really inclusive. Like even the apps that we listed earlier, like JDate, JSwipe. JDate is inclusive. And if you say anything, you're <laughs> anti-Semite. It's like, it's, it's very specific and it's very catered to certain people. And I, and, and that is an interesting dilemma that Bumble has of like, who starts the conversation then if there is no gender? Like Akira searching for the manager, we decided to take this dilemma straight to the apps. So we spoke to a representative from Tinder, which is Amazon for your penis. Hi, guys. Thanks for doing this with us. First of all, we really appreciate the time. I mean, I'm stoked. Yeah, just give us an intro uh, and who are you? What do you do? Uh, all that fun stuff. Sure. My name is Nicole Parlapiano, and I am the VP of Marketing for Tinder. So general question, what the fuck is happening at Tinder now with everything? Actually, so much interesting stuff. Like, I think Tinder's just out there for everyone. And I think in the pandemic, what we saw is people just spent a lot more time interacting and having conversations. And we're on Tinder for a main form of entertainment. Like, if you go on TikTok and you look at the Tinder hashtag or Tinder Passport, we have more UGC content and not, not by anything that marketing did, just because people are having such a wild time on the app. It's never about like, hey, do you want to meet up? Or what do you do for a living? Like the conversations on Tinder 
are like just pure gold. So do you think that people are using Tinder more as an entertainment app now or we're still using it as a, a hookup app like it used to be? I mean, I wouldn't say hookup. Like, guys, what does hookup really mean? <laughs> but like every date in New York should end in a hookup or it's not a freaking good date. That's how I look at it. This is why you're my favorite person. You understand? <laughs> like, you've elevated to my favorite person. <laughs> so are people hooking up on Tinder in the pandemic? I'm sure they are. We don't really track what you do when you're off the app. That is up to you. And we've been seeing a lot of surveys come through from Ypulse and other providers that have said that most, most people dropped out of the dating category this year. And the ones that were in the dating category, if they went on in-person dates, 44% of them did not adhere to any social distancing. So I think that we never leaned into like telling people what to do during this time. I think it's still very important to put yourself out there and try to meet people and try to make connections and, and like keep it going. But I think what we're all really saving ourselves for is people being able to date and not date with masks and not be worried about touching each other. Otherwise, people just want to sit out then. The half full experience is not even worth like putting makeup on and getting out of your house. Okay, of the things that you guys can track, are people shortening their distance preferences? Are people willing to date below or outside of their normal standards? What's happening on the app? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing much more engagement. You're seeing much more matches, much more conversations. People are swaying, obviously, in the immediate area, but a feature called Passport, where you can hop into Tokyo, drop into New York from LA, and you can swipe in that local pool. It goes wild. Because people haven't been able to travel and move around. So anytime that's enabled, people go for it. And they typically like do record all of those experiences. How many long distance relationships have been formed? I'm not sure. I think we'll definitely see as we start to hit that year mark. But people are here for it. And I think that especially on the female side, a lot more open. The females are typically, you know, date with more requirements, we'll say. So perhaps you've heard of, <laughs> now, yeah, we see that men swipe on everybody. They're like, I'll swipe on every single chick and whoever swipes on me, good to go. Well, then I back, okay, but first of all, I do that, but then I backlog it. Then you see who swiped on you and yeah. then you, it's an easier thing. Well, let me ask you guys. I mean, do you think that you're more open yeah. in the past year than you were like a year ago? Oh, let, let me, let me flip that question back though. On, okay, yeah. So you said 44% of people were meeting up and dating. And probably not adhering to like safety protocols or whatever. Of the people like, that were dating, that were actively dating, which like that went yeah, that yeah. number went down. Yeah. No, so my so that's my question though. So do you think people are going on to dates that they're more likely to hook up on versus previous years? Because people are starting to, you know, dating now is like a logistics nightmare. Like yeah. just getting out and doing anything is complicated for whatever reason. So when people go on dates, there is more of the I'm either doing this to hook up or do this to not to hook up. Like that gray area of like, am I here? Am I not here? doesn't exist as much. Listen, it's a basic human need to be physically touched. So the people that needed to do it needed to do it. I think if people had their own bounds of how they felt safe and they weren't seeing their parents or their family and they communicated that to each other, like, sure, people got down and they just needed to be touched <laughs> and, you know, to like actually interact with somebody. But I'm saying, do you think that 44% or like that high, whatever the percentage is, do you think that is because of the pandemic? Or do you think that without the pandemic, it would be that high? 
No, I think so. So basically what it said is like, of the single dating pool, this many people still consider themselves in the market. But this many people of single people were like, I'm not dating during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that dated, they broke down the ways in which they dated, which the most dominant way was with no barriers. Whereas like wearing a face mask on a date was like 20%. Zoom dating was like 10%. Those instances were much less than like, I think what we've seen in the media is a very exaggerated version of people are finding love during COVID and like they're going on math dates and like, look at, you can really like vibe with someone on Zoom and feel like you're right there with them while you're both drinking wine or, you know, bubble boy in Brooklyn met his girlfriend with an entire rap bubble around him. Like we saw these things and people, it gave people like, I guess a warm sense of hope, but that was not the reality for most people. I'm giving yeah. you a standing ovation inside of that's Honestly. like exactly what was you were seeing all these articles and stuff about the guy put a put a question mark on a drone and sent it over across the street to some right. other girl and then they got engaged and that was like reality was that most nights you were sleeping alone listening to nothing but sirens in the city. Exactly. What are the swipes per capita at New York versus the rest of the country? So I mean I I would say like New York is extremely active but I think like New Yorkers like to be out of their houses. And I think it's stable, but I wouldn't Mm. say that it's like off the charts, especially there's just seasonality in the New York dating cycle in general. Like Mm. we're in cuffing season. I think cuffing season, well, that's in October. And I think like cuffing season during the pandemic is just got to be like through the roof. Like no one's breaking up. Wait, can you walk me through the cycles? Can you walk me through the the dating calendar? Yeah, please, please. I would say this. If you're under 25, like this seasonality doesn't necessarily apply as much. So under 25, the most engagement we'll see is heading into spring and the peak will be summer. And it will stay really strong in the fall. If you are at the age where you're looking for a relationship, you stay single in the summer you in the fall are dating to figure out who's going to be your winter. It's cupping season. So it's Mm -hmm. time to get someone cupped up and you hibernate with them all winter. And then you probably break up (laughs) in the spring. Because you want to be all single in the summer and get it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like animals do it. I mean, that's why spring is mating season. They come out of hibernation. They have sex. They have babies by the summer. And they go through the whole process again. Like we're only an extension of animals. Like That's hilarious. I think like a know? world of beast just being like, girl, you knew what time it was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, were, we were together in the winter time and now it's <laughs> spring, baby. I got a flock. You're out of your cave. I'm out of my cave. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say like for New York, what I'm expecting, because New York, everything's so much more heightened and exaggerated. It's so much more extra than it is everywhere else in the world. That spring vibe in New York. I mean, that doesn't exist in L.A., that doesn't exist anywhere. That spring, like those first couple of nice days on a Saturday when people can go to outdoor bars, sit outside, walk around, be in the parks, like that energy is like, there is no other feeling like that in the world. There's a mm-hmm. feeling that like, that like dating and stuff, like it's not real life over the past year. No, but I think it, it pushed people into one of two ways. And again, I think it depends on the age. It either pushed people into the direction of like, shit, I, I want to be more committed. This person is rad and we've been through hell and back again. Or it pushed people into the place of like, I'm going to be wildly single. I want to meet a lot more people. I want to travel. There's just so much I need to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you, everyone lost a year of just work travel, socializing, personal travel, going to people's weddings, like interacting. You're just going to be so hungry for that. Is 
dating in NYC dead and why? Never, ever, ever. That's the sexiest city in the country. I've lived in New York. I currently live in LA, but the New Yorkers just go for broke. They just go for it. And like I said, the way that New York has always historically approached the seasons, spring, people got their bodies right. They're showing their legs. They're ready to go. Summer, the energy in the city is just, other cities don't ever feel like that. So I think if, it's, if you can imagine New York going through, I don't know, a year and a half long winter, New York's going to go hard. It's going to be more alive than it ever was. I mean, that's an insane thing to say. For anyone to even think that is crazy. They'll find a way. And it's going to be, I think, one of the best places to live for dating. Dating apps and, and dating is way different uh, the way that use, we use it, the way that the, the kids we were talking, kids, the children that we were talking to, are using, they use it in a very specific way. And we actually heard a story from them about how they're not using it to date, but they are using it to, fill, to fulfill specific kinks they have, like this story. I mean, craziest COVID yeah. sex story. <laughs> <laughs> the protein basement. The basement of a GNC. Walk us through it. Okay, what happened? <laughs> we found the dude on Tinder. Our, our kink is just Not making motherfuckers. No. <laughs> does, it, does it count? No, it's fine. It can we like making motherfuckers' dreams come true, you know? Like sometimes we'll just hit people up and be like, how do you feel about three ways? And of course, who doesn't want two bad two bitches? Two bad bitches? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But we found him on Tinder and he lived in the Bronx and we were like that's fucking deep as shit no thank you oh. and he was like you can come to my work I work on the upper <laughs> at a GNC and it was pretty close to us so we went to the and GNC like, and none of his employees were working he was the only one working in the store he locked the door and like <laughs> put on the clothes on and then we went into the basement and we had a three-way for like 15 minutes and then I was like okay gotta go back to work that's the most exciting thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Seriously. <laughs> That's the craziest story. And this was like from the most aggressively short person I've ever met in my life. Like she was the most unassuming person, but she was the most boisterous of the group. And, and it's just like, yeah, we just like making motherfuckers dreams come true. I was like, who, <laughs> who are you? Oh my God. Yeah, I heard her. First of all, her friend was giving you eyes the entire time. That was Dude. like a side like story to this. <laughs> <laughs> the entire time her friend's just like, do you want your dreams to come true? And I was like, ah, like, like, we, we got an interview today. You know, I got a friend that has the keys to an Auburn pin around here. If you want to, <laughs> you want to cop a telly, we can cop a telly if you want to cop a telly. <laughs> I got a Real nice one, $75, most expensive thing I own. <laughs> so, okay, well, one of the fun things is every person that we've talked to had cool innovations that they found for having hookups and dating in New York City. And one of the biggest ones has been having sex on roofs. That's right. People are having sex outside all the time now. People are doing two things outside now that they weren't doing before. I'm peeing a lot more outside. That's mm -hmm. a thing. And also people are hooking up in parks and stuff like that because... There's just nowhere to do that inside anymore. So uh, we asked a bunch of people if they thought that me and Drexen had uh, not hooked up with each other. No. Uh, if they thought me and Drexen uh, had hooked up on roofs separately. <laughs> okay, wait, question. Do you think I've had rooftop sex? No. no. Sorry. Do you think that I've had rooftop sex? Maybe. Maybe. Nah, but he might have. Yeah. I've yeah, 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 definitely. I've had sex on a roof. <laughs> Why is that shocking to you that I never had sex on a roof? Because you're wearing a med shirt. Okay, first Whoa. of all, if I can't have joys on the baseball field, <laughs> you won't have them on the roof either. <laughs> Do you think I've had sex on a roof before? Do you think you have? Yeah, just look at me, our conversation, look at our talk. Look at me. You know. Has this man had sex yes. on a roof? I think recently. 
<laughs> I think in the snowstorm, you're like, I have snow cover. <laughs> There's a whiteout. I'll, I'll blend in. I'll be good. <laughs> Do I look like I've had sex on a roof? Uh, now, because I said you're, you know, I think you've all had sex on roofs. Okay. <laughs> Don't all sex matters. Welcome back. Have I, have <laughs> I had sex on a roof? I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Yes, Thank you have. I okay. It. I've had sex on a roof. Yeah. I've had sex on a roof. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Coming up after the break, we talk to a bartender. Hey, Aton, we don't have a break because we don't have sponsors. We do not have sp If you're a sponsor and you want to give us money, we'd be talking about you right now. We will put any company in our mouths right now. If you're a startup and you want to get into our mouths, LinkedIn me. Let's talk to a bartender. So, Eddie. Is dating dead in New York? <laughs> is dating dead in New York? Uh, you know, it's not dead. Uh, it doesn't feel as nat it's not natural. It's kind of just one of those things that like, oh, wait, we kind of have to do it within the virus world, the pandemic world. So people are like, okay, five o'clock. I got to get off work. Six o'clock. I guess I'll go on this date. 7.30. Like, I'm going to do whatever I was doing beforehand. So it feels kind of more manufactured in a sense. But it's not dead. It's just interesting to watch in that sense. Does that make sense? Well, let's, let's talk about that. As a bartender, what is it like watching dates right now? <laughs> well, the first thing is you're kind of like, what are you doing out? Um, that's, the, <laughs> that's the first thing you said there. Like, what are you doing? Um, but you know, you appreciate it. We explain that. You, what are you doing? But we appreciate it. No, he's like, I, you know, I appreciate y'all coming to my bar. Thanks for the money. But go back inside. But go, but go back inside. There's a pandemic. Uh, this is like good for y'all. I think there's bigger things in the world to be doing than dating. To be honest, so it's kind of it's it's a little weird to see on that end. With that mindset, I feel like a lot of the people on the dates realize that too. So you watch those dates with this mindset of like the aura being like, we don't want to talk about the pandemic, but like we're kind of in this situation because of it. So that's, I think, a fun part for me is watching dates try to not talk about the pandemic and then suddenly be like, so what have you been up to? Mm. <laughs> so dates have just become a game of secret word? Kind of. Yeah, that's a really good way to put that. It's like, how can we talk about anything but the pandemic? But we don't want to talk about things that were like before because that was way too long ago. Like, what interest do you have now? I really do not know. Uh, how, how long do most dates get before they talk about the pandemic? That's a good question. Um, Thank you. So you, <laughs> you already, so you already talked to a couple. Um, that lasted about 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> is that the average, though? You know, I think 10. I think 10 is about the average because what happens typically is they get there. They sit down, wow, it's so good to be inside again. Oh, well, we're not really inside. Oh, you're right, we're outside. But it feels good to be back in a bar. And then suddenly it's like, all right, what do you want? Oh, I love this type of drink. Cool, cool, cool. Did you learn that? When are you doing that? Oh, I learned this during March when the pan, fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so like they try they their hardest. really do. I mean, secret word was a really great way to put that. Because I've been stuck in it for, I've been watching it for so long. You know, it feels like it's timed. It feels very timed. It feels like we have to get as much of this done in the smallest amount of time possible. So that way we're not like overstepping our boundaries on how long we're allowed to be in a bar. And within that mentality, there's kind of like, dates really hit like a 10 and then like a zero really fast and there's really like no buildups you just watch a lot of like going into it and then backing off fast so in the former world it would be like oh well how are you how are you got the whole night to figure it out but now it's like okay we hit a 10 do like four shots find out we hate each other <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it, is it people coming in being like i need a sexual partner for the night or are you like really seeing people try to have a serious date I don't want to, I'm not going to sugar it, coat it. It's the first one. It's really the first one. It's a lot of the first. It's actually, you know what it is? It's a lot of the first one, but it's going to happen on the second date. 
Does that make sense? Like, it's only people who are sure that they're going to fuck, but only to make sure that the person doesn't have COVID at this time period. Like, we're going to do this now, and then the next time we meet, we're going to be in my place and you're COVID-free. There, there is a thing where it's like a lot of people are going on Zoom dates, or a lot of people are having the phone call date first now, so there is that that date already happened. Yeah. You know, the first one already happened. So that's the thing is those when those happen, those seem to be a little bit nice, like uh, more natural, because at that point, they've already done that. But on a first date where they're meeting straight from Hinge or Tinder, I guess people still use that. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know what people are using anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm on black people. Meet. I'm also on black people. Meet. I'm also on J-Date somehow. Yeah. I'm on farmers meet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just feels like that FaceTiming thing, like that gets a lot of that, what I'm feeling at my bar out of the way. They, when they skip that part and just go to the first date, then it just seems like they should have just had it on the FaceTime. Does that make sense? Wait, kind of. Go into that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So when you have the FaceTime, you're like, okay, how are you? You get all the awkward stuff out of the way and probably you find a vibe about with someone that, you know, two people have no idea how to connect with humans during this time. So on that second day, when they finally do decide to meet up, it actually seems a little nicer. And on top of that, they probably don't seem like they're actually on like a first date anymore. When someone's on like a real first date here, like, you know, doing the, the old fashioned way, I guess, without the FaceTiming, it feels like not even at a zero when it comes to dates. Like, we're not starting at zero. It feels like we're starting at, like, a negative 10. Because so much of it is, it's not just the secret word is the pandemic. It's also, have you gotten tested recently? How are you feeling with your COVIDness? Is this the only time that you've been out? Like, is this the first time you've been out in three or four days? We don't want to ask those questions. But you get those questions out of the way during the FaceTime. In fact, if you're FaceTiming, you probably haven't gone out in four or five days. Before the pandemic, I mean, <laughs> a real scumbaggy thing to read that is there are no escapes, in a sense. So I want to make this clear. When I watched dates before, if the date wasn't going well, someone could bring me into it. Someone could bring someone who's doing their thing by themselves. Maybe they see another date. There's the interaction of the whole bar. There's ways to, like, we can't talk all the time. Like, 10 minutes, it's like, I don't know. So, man, you know, this and that. Or, but now it's like, oh, we have to sit. <laughs> oh, I want to get a drink. No, you're not. I'm going to go get your date order for you. So now people are kind of, I don't want to, I want to use the word literally, they're kind of trapped in their dates. Because at the same time, you also have the consideration of the person. If they're nice enough, then you can deal with it. They're not a tall creeper and asshole. You feel kind of bad that you made them come out. <laughs> and so this is not just coming, this is like something someone said to me. It's like, well, I didn't want to end the date too soon because I felt bad I made them come out. <laughs> so that's like, there's like a whole awkwardness to it. Like I appreciate people trying to find love, but it's really, and I, and I know it's happening. And I know I appreciate someone just trying to get their nut off. But it's just cringe. It's cringe is a good word for it. So I got, I got one that's a first date. Someone put a phone timer out 30 minutes and timed it. The guy or the girl? The guy. Oh, wow. What Would a, not yeah. have called that. No, it was weird, right? But he was a dentist. So he was like, he really played the whole I'm a dentist part of trying to tell. I'm a dentist, I'm a dentist. So like, you know, he used that. But after a while, she was like, he won't stop talking about being a dentist. And I was like, so he left. But then he tried to make, get her to leave with him. So then he extended the timer. <laughs> but how much? Another 30? 20. 20. Why did he? So he, what was his justification for giving the 20? Didn't want to stay a whole hour. What? what? And it would seem like he was trying to be considerate to us. But really, it was like, I'm trying to get this girl out. And she ended up staying like the rest of the night. Do you see a lot of repeat customers? I see a lot of repeat guys. Yeah. Really? Guys, not girls. Maybe like one or two. What's the ratio at? Like 10 to 1. Wow. Do you think guys tend to pick just the same place and girls try to hop around? Or do you think girls are legitimately staying inside more? Guys pick the places normally, though. That's why. Uh, it depends on the date. Have you, has anybody uh, tried to pick you up from this bar to date? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's happened a couple times. Uh, oh, actually, that happened the other day with someone who was on a date. The woman was like, 
by the way, I would like to leave you my number because this isn't going anywhere. Uh, I think January 2020 and now, what's the same? I think when you see someone have a really good conversation, like when you see a date that's going really well and like can get past that point, but like the, the pandemic is kind of a barrier in a sense, not, not the pandemic itself, but like the phrasing, the terming, the talking about is a, is a barrier. When they can get past it, when you see them having a really good vibe, it's good. Like it's good when they want to hang out for two, three hours. Because that does happen. Like these people over here that you interviewed earlier, they seem to be having a legitimately fun first date. And one that would be normal with before the pandemic. But that's also pretty far and few between at this point. Do, do you think they're going to kiss? Yeah, probably. What's the physical contact like nowadays versus, you know, last Good. January? Zero. None. But like before it would just be like... People fucking in the bathroom. Absolutely. Now this is the crown in. There you go. That's it's your bread. Fucking the bathroom with the crown in. Yeah. Where are you fucking? We, we make the we make the jingle for this place. <laughs> Wanna fuck in the bathroom? <laughs> Come to Crown <laughs> In. You know. No. This bartender has the vaccine. <laughs> are there any other positive things that have changed uh, with Corona and dating? Sure. I met a couple here. A couple here. They had the first date here in April, and they got engaged in December. Oh. Yeah. They were like, just like, fuck it. They did it right over there, front. And it was nice because it was like, well, if you can make it through this time period, if you can find somebody during this time period and you really like them, that's going to work out. Like, you don't need the kind of the outsideness of it all. Like, I mean, one of the things about this for myself is I realized I just like, I like keeping a nice night in. I don't need to do so much partying. You know, I mean, I, I choose it. But that feeling of trying to find love within that or trying to hook up, that's been gone for a while. And when you can find somebody during this time period, that you really like and want to be with, I think that's a really big positive. I think those people are going to be very happy. Do you think anybody's going to leave uh, who's found like a deep and insightful and amazing relationship in the pandemic and be like, oh, wait, there's options now. <laughs> that 100% is also going to happen. <laughs> those are the things that are, those are both going to take place. Uh, I like to, I think from the optimistic side, I want to come from that position, but I think more likely the thing that you said is going to <laughs> Is dating in New York City dead? I mean, if you're willing to meet people in the street, it's not. <laughs> I don't live here. I feel like it's more dead than usual. Like, yeah. it's definitely not the same. I wouldn't call it, say, like, dead, but it's definitely not the same. What was dating like before versus what was it like, what is it like now? It sounds stupid, but it's like, clearly, people on our si uh, like, aren't outside, and it's like, part of New York is, like, people are outside. You know what I'm also, saying? Also, you being, like, a dorm student, you can't have people in your yeah. dorms. Very much alive. Right, yeah. but you, you say you were born and raised here. Has there been, like, a significant change to you in the dating scene since the pandemic? Sure, but I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think the pandemic made any difference, really. I think, for me personally, dating was, was difficult pre-pandemic. Because, you know, Tinder and everything just kind of ruined. You don't meet anybody anywhere. Like, it's not like because of the pandemic, I can't go to a bar and can't meet somebody. I wasn't doing that anyway. You weren't using Tinder before? I was, but, I like, it wasn't working. It wasn't working pre-Tinder, <laughs> pre-pandemic anyway. It was. was dating in NYC dead? Were you with Dan? No, I, personally, I don't think it's affected me with dating, I'm of course cautious in like my life, you know, but like if I'm going on a date, like in the gay community, which I'm a part of, like I don't notice like people changing their dating habits that much, you know? Is dating in NYC dead? It's definitely lamer, it's definitely lamer, uh, but it's not dead. Is dating in NYC dead? I don't think so. I think it's changed dra uh, drastically uh, because of the pandemic, but I think people are getting more creative. Like, when would I spend time outdoors in the winter with someone? You know what I mean? But I've, like, learned to adapt and, like, found a way to, to love it. You know what I mean? Even though it sucks, it's cold, but, like... They're, they're not here. People, people that, they, they don't belong here. How about that? 
So wait, they don't belong here or they aren't here? Because it's two I different think they things. They were here and they don't belong here, so they left. Nobody that thinks that New York is dead is here. Like it's bullshit. I don't know. Maybe because I was born and raised here. I, I don't. How is it dead? Because yeah. stuff is close. Whatever. You can find something to do. It's not. We're literally in the, in the middle of Washington Square Park, and I, we just saw someone try to sell a baby. Like, how is that dead? <laughs> how is that a city that's dead? That's very much alive. Dating is not dead in New York City, you middle American idiots. I'm sorry, Cleveland. <laughs> Different? Yeah. Dead? No. Like getting a pixie cut after a breakup, New York is going through its eat, pray, love phase. Yes, we lost casually sharing french fries and picking up strangers in bars and making out on the L train. On the one hand, you can hop on Tinder and swipe yourself into a threesome in the basement of a GNC because that is the soul of New York City. On the other hand, finding love nowadays is a logistics nightmare. But New Yorkers aren't going to stop fucking, so this city is caught somewhere in the middle. Is dating dead if the only way to do it is in an outdoor bar getting drinks six feet apart in the dead of winter after getting a temperature check? Kind of. Is dating alive and well if it requires a heating lamp to do it? Sorta. Is being a horny NYU student a pre-existing condition? Yeah, pretty much, as it always has been. It is completely unclear whether NYC is the best or worst place to find love right now, but that has always been the case. Whether you're more COVID cautious or copping a telly every night of the week, dating in New York is still the same overwhelming death trap it's always been. Like Mad Max Fury Road, with all of the masks and none of the music. NYC is Dead is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producers are Julia Cassidy, Eden Sudley, Anna Marie Johnson, and Leslie King. This episode was produced by us, Drexen Clemens and Aton Levine, AKA the Pastrami Boys. This show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram at, at @thisguydrex, at Aton the Goalie, and at NYC is Dead Podcast. Or email the show at NYC is Dead Podcast at Gmail. See you next week.